Blue Wire. Oh, I don't know why I did that. You're just sitting here. I just put caramel in my mouth. Hello, welcome <laughs> to Unsolvedables. I'm your host, Sarah Todd. They're just sitting there. <laughs> They're on the table. <laughs> Today we're going to talk about Boyan Bladonovich. <laughs> All right, hang on. <laughs> 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 I really do have to eat this before I can start. Chew, 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 chew. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to do it. <laughs> Power through. Those jaw muscles are coming through in the clutch. And welcome to Unsalvageable, a Utah Jazz podcast, part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network with me, Sarah Todd, Utah Jazz beat reporter for the Deseret News, and as always, my co-host, Greg Foster. Greg, we're back, baby. We're back. The hiatus is over. How was your trip? Uh, It was so good. It was so good to see family, friends. Um, just with the last, you know, year and a half and COVID, there's been a lot of people mm-hmm. I haven't been able to see. And so it was excellent to get back to California. I thank all of the listeners for putting up with us being gone and, but we're back, we're back in action. Yeah. Going on the pod, going on record right now and saying that Oakland top five American city, Oakland, California is my favorite city in the U S that's, that's my record. It's up there. I've yet to go to New Orleans. I'm, I might be going there this fall. Oh, speaking of vacation, you're going to Italy. I bought tickets. I know. We bought tickets. We're going to Italy next year. I'm so excited. Uh, man, you guys are going to have such a good. T- oh, I'm so yeah. happy for you. I'm showing my age, but uh, the wife turns 40 next year. Damn. And we we're going to celebrate in the right fashion. I would just like to tell the listeners that hearing that Greg's wife turns 40 and knowing what she looks like makes me feel old because I think that I must be doing something wrong. I would have bet so much money that I was older than your wife. She does a good job of taking care of herself. She looks great. Good job, Linz. Yeah, way to go. But yeah, we're going to Italy. You I didn't mean the- to like outshine. No. I'm excited. Are you taking the boy or? No. No, no, Great. no, no, no. It's Parents just, trip. Adults just only. the two of us. We're flying into Rome. Well, we're flying into Paris. Then we have we have a little layover there. And then we're going to Rome. And then I think we're gonna hit uh we're gonna hit Florence and Venice and I don't know. We'll just see where the uh, the wind uh the wind takes us. Uh that's so exciting. I'm Good gonna, for you. I'm incredibly I'm, jealous. <laughs> I am going to come back 20 pounds heavier. Oh, well, if you didn't gain weight on an Italian vacation, I would wonder what you were doing with your life. I'm going to eat everything. All of it. I mean, I gain weight on like a 10-day California vacation because I go home to my mother and she's like, would you like a pot roast and beans and potatoes and biscuits and gravy and I'll make you breakfast? And how about tonight we make tri-tip and have macaroni and cheese? And I'm like... Uh, yeah, I'm going to eat all of that. Thank you very much. Yeah. And your mom, your mom's Southern. My mom is Southern. Too. Yeah. Yeah. So she never, she, everything is made in bacon fat. Yeah. Maps <laughs> as it should be. Yeah. 
like some of the best meals I've ever had in my life were in Tuscaloosa, Alabama and um, Atlanta, Georgia. Yeah. I had a fried green tomato pizza one time when I was in Atlanta that I still think about. And it's been almost a decade. I can say that one of the healthiest things that we had while we were there with the tri-tip as a side was some grilled Brussels sprouts that my mom promptly put bacon fat on. (laughs) Yeah, I'll, I do that, that I'll do that on Thanksgiving. That's actually like, it's now just a sign to me that I make a pecan pie and I do like, Greg, can you do your, your Brussels sprout hash? Yeah. And so I always, I go to Caputo's and I buy the like really expensive, like really nice pancetta because it's yeah. Thanksgiving. I'm not going to skimp. Right. And I will cook up the pancetta and then I will render that fat and the grease. And then I will use that to saute my, uh, my Brussels sprouts and the rest of the vegetables before I roast them. This is now just a a fat grease podcast. Welcome, <laughs> welcome to grease those vegetables with Greg and Sarah. <laughs> uh, that meat. <laughs> but I mean, we're it's the off season. We're talking about vacations, which is exactly where the Jazz are. That's where so. every basketball team is mm-hmm. right now because we've got a new NBA champion, the Milwaukee oh. Bucks. Giannis, you guys. How, how good was that series? Again, we are on this podcast, we are basketball evangelists. Yeah. It is basketball even above the Utah Jazz. Yes. And what we saw was six games of really good basketball outside of the first quarter of last night's game. Yeah. I constantly, really I constantly feel so lucky. I mean, and I feel like anybody could have said this in any era of basketball. I just feel so lucky to be in this era of basketball and watching these players. And like, I don't, I don't care if you don't like Chris Paul or whoever you don't like from the Suns. Like, it makes for good basketball. I don't care it that really he's does. he's the guy that flops or like has those fouls that where he pushed Giannis while he's dunking with those two hands. And okay, like, that did make me mad. But I get it. But like all of that feeds into the pot of like this was a great finals there was so much going on and Giannis is one of maybe the most likable superstar the league has ever had and yeah I I I was trying to rack my brain about that right now like has there ever been a more likable uh face of the NBA I don't think just like everyone loves him everyone loves him his his story, his like life career trajectory is unlike anything else. The kid was homeless. He was like a street merchant, like a peddler of DVDs and watches living in abject poverty. Yeah. And now is, I said it on Twitter and I will re-emphasize it and reiterate it tonight. He is the second best power forward of all time at 26. I found myself last night thinking about the way that we, and I say we collectively as, uh, I guess as basketball fans, because it's we, Mm -hmm. me as a basketball fan, we, me as a basketball journalist, we, you know, a critic of the game, whoever it is, the we, the conclusions that we jump to and like the assumptions we make about players and coaches, because it was 
three weeks ago when I was like, Mike Budenholzer might not have a job even if the Bucks win a finals. Yeah. <laughs> I'm saying those things. I'm saying those things out loud. I'm publishing them on social media. I mean, I'm not, I'm not ashamed to be someone that like goes for a take like that, right? Like, I don't care. But I think about it and I'm like, three weeks later, I'm sitting here going, think about all the failures that Mike Budenholzer has had. And maybe each one of those has led to the moment where he coaches a team to the finals. Look at like, I mean, the crap that I've said, even about Giannis, where I'm like, he's not being used correctly. He won't be able to meet his potential uh, unless he can't shoot free throws. He can't shoot. He goes 17 of 19. What is going on? It was basketball. God, it was honest, man. Watching Giannis last night was a joy. It was absolute joy on both sides of the ball. Like shutting like blocking Devin Booker and Chris Paul at the rim and then like being like he shot what like 16 of 24 or something like that or like 18 of 24 from the field like just all-time great closeout game I think he has the like I think he had the most points in a finals closeout game ever guy scored the guy scored 50, 50 points. Do you know how hard it is to score 50 points? In the finals it, at all. It's hard to score 50 points with one player in 2K, let it's, alone doing it in real life. It's hard to score 50 points in a basketball game. It's harder to score 50 points in the playoffs. It's incredible that he scored 50 points in a closeout game in the finals. Yeah. I just, just I'm so happy. An all-time great performance by an all-time great guy, by an all-time great player. I yeah. think he's 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 in that pantheon now. He's in he's of that echelon. Like he's 26. He's a five four or five time all-star. He's a defensive player of the year, two-time, a two-time MVP, MVP <laughs> a finals MVP. <laughs> unreal like, he's so good and he's 26 this is a guy who could be doing this for another six seven years yeah we're so lucky mm-hmm. and you know like i'm saying like the assumptions that we jump to and then on the other side of that to see some of these players who like very justly and well deserved like i we're not saying anything about Giannis that people haven't heard at this point you know when they're listening to this on Thursday, right? Right. Everyone's heard it. Drew Holiday is an NBA champion. Chris Middleton is an NBA champion. Bobby Portis is an NBA, like, and so deservedly. They, yes, the team they got exactly so what they, yeah, they got exactly what they needed yeah. from each of those guys. And it just, uh, it's, it makes me think about other teams. And I mean, there's a jazz podcast. I might as well say it makes me think about the jazz. Yeah. Because, Every, every tiny piece really does matter. Look at, I, I jokingly, when the Suns made it to the finals, I was like, oh, finally long awaited finals featuring Dario Saric. And like, that was kind of tongue in cheek, but like, I love Dario Saric. So like, I was mm-hmm. actually very happy. Philly Sar- guy. We love Philly guys. On we this love podcast. Philly guys. The homie Dario Saric. Yes. Saric goes out that, that ACL tear might've cost the Suns of finals. Because then they had to play Frank Kaminsky. <laughs> Not a good basketball player. No. They had to run Aiton harder, longer. It didn't do him well because when Especially he started. Especially in his second season. No. 
Yeah, like I think that Aiton is going to be very, very good for Great. a very long time, but he's still kind of in that developmental phase. And I think the moment was a little too big for him and rightfully so. And especially considering the circumstances that they were dealing mm -hmm. with. And like, that's not to say that Dario Saric is like an X factor or anything. The point is that every player on a team that makes it to the finals is crucial. They're critical. And so, you know, we're talking about Giannis, but like they had to have Chris Middleton like casually and very confidently walking into like pull up two point jumpers. They had to have Drew Holiday. They had, and those guys are not perfect. Those are flawed players. When you're, when you're thinking about the jazz, like that's why I look back and like some of the things that like the jazz had problems with in that second round against the Clippers, I think like, yeah, they don't have guys that are ready to go all the way yet. Yeah. They're, they're I are, think they're close. They're close, but they need to have a roster full of guys mm -hmm. that are ready to go all the way. Yeah. Do you know what I was thinking last night too, when I was kind of thinking that kind of along those same lines? The Bucks have some nastiness to them, and they really got it this last year with PJ Tucker, with PJ Tucker, Bobby Portis, and Drew, Drew Holiday. Holiday. Hell yeah! Like you need some grimy guys. Yep, that are kind of willing to go into the trenches. I don't think the Jazz have that outside of of Royce O'Neal. Royce O'Neal is kind of that guy, but like we keep saying, I know we sound like broken records on this podcast, but you need more of those. Like every, every team needs a PJ Tucker, a dream on green, a Bobby Portis type. Who's, you know, even like, I know they didn't win, but the Suns with, with Jay Crowder, that kind of a guy who also was very good for the Miami heat last year. Or Dario Sarge. This is the Dario Sarge podcast now. Uh, yes. <laughs> because well, when I was covering the Sixers, one of the things that Dario said to me, I think this was worth during the first playoff run of theirs that I covered, he had said, you know, sometimes we it doesn't need to be pretty out there. Sometimes it needs mm -mm. to get ugly. Sometimes you need to play dirty basketball. And he's like, I don't mean dirty, like, you know, kicking people or like taking people out. He's like, I mean, you need to get dirty. You need for it to be ugly because that's the basketball that might win the game. Yeah. I mean, it's just as far as, as, you know, Dario Saric goes and really anybody from Croatia or the <laughs> former like Yugoslavia, <laughs> I have a rule in my personal life. And that is you simply do not f with somebody who lived through the Yugoslav wars. Yes. <laughs> it's a great rule. And maybe, maybe the jazz need a few more players who survived the Yugoslav wars, somebody who survived Slobodan Milosevic, because if you can survive Milosevic, you can certainly survive in the NBA. Like just Google. If you're listening to this, go ahead and Google uh, Nikola Jokic's brothers at, at so NBA much. game. <laughs> uh, what a great, what a great. Clip. I used, I used to pit, play pickup ball with a group of, uh, Bosnian refugees, mm -hmm. which was some of the best and just gnarliest basketball I've ever played in my life. Right. And I I miss playing with those those dudes. It was great. And it made me such a better basketball player. Because they're not gonna let up. No. <laughs> I love these boys have been through hell. Do you think they care about some like 
dorky American from Salt Lake? No. No. <laughs> I'm just thinking about that clip with the uh, Jokic. Someone like fouled him. I don't remember who it was. And then there's a camera that turns to these two guys that are basically like courtside. And it's it's his brothers. And they've got like neck tattoos. And they're like jacked as hell. And they're like veins popping out. And they're screaming. And I'm like, oh, I they made the wrong people mad here. You know that like they found out at a young age that Nicola was a very talented player and, and they were like and 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 Yoka Nicola was like I just like horses. Yeah. And they were like we need to protect this man. Hun- we we will protect him at all costs. Uh, we will protect with life. <laughs> uh, I love it so much. That was good stuff. Yeah. Okay, where are we right now? <laughs> completely off the rails i don't even know what i'm talking about anymore um back to the finals phoenix was very good they're gonna be very good they're really young i mean outside of chris paul but i do think at this stage in his career chris paul is kind of replaceable i just i think they got so close and they had so much success through those first two games that I think there's no chance that they don't try to run it back, which I I'm actually going to bring up later in the podcast. So I'm just going to, I'm going to pop that in here. And there was a a definitive moment. I know this will probably upset jazz fans. Sorry, not sorry. Mm. Your boy is a Devin Booker fan. Yeah, (laughs) dude, Devin Booker. So good. He's so good. Yeah. And I never RIP the narrative that mm, he can't do it in the playoffs. Yeah. No, which is like the that. one, the one card that people would hold, especially jazz fans. And especially with him name. standing next to Chris to Paul. Donovan. Yeah. Oh, and, standing next to Chris Paul yeah, right, and going right. up against Donovan. Yes. Yeah. Like that narrative's dead. The man played his guts out. He had back-to-back 40-point games in the NBA Finals. The only other two players to do that are Jordan and Giannis. That's what I'm talking about with like this the the assumptions that we make, which I don't think are wrong, and we're going to keep doing it. That kind of mm-hmm. that those actions are not going to die in the NBA. Like here in a week, I'm going to be calling some guy fresh out of college a bust and then he's going to prove me wrong in three years. I know it's going to happen, but like, we love to see it. Yeah. I love it. (laughs) And we could have said the same thing about Giannis. Like some people would say about Devin Booker. It's like, he wasn't ready for the playoffs. He couldn't get it done. Mm -hmm. Cause that, that was what happens until you win a championship. That is every player until you win a championship. But there was a there's a moment that is seared in my brain, and I'm sure you know the one that I'm thinking of. That right after the Bucks had won, the clock had struck zero, the confetti was falling, and and a very sullen Devin Booker. Can I Devin guess? Booker. Mm-hmm. Fa- camera on Devin Booker's face. He's looking across the court, and he just he can see a mouth, and he goes, "Damn." Yeah. Yeah. Which says all you need to know about the guy. Damn. Like this is a dude that's going to be around for a long time. Who's hungry, who has all the chops of like what you want out of a, out of a player. The guy's a dog. Uh, I, He's I'm so like, good. Love I can't stop smiling right now because. Oh God, We're I so love lucky right now. I, I love basketball so much. <laughs> and I, the finals are so special because that I mean, it was a split second that we got that shot. I know the exact moment you're talking about because mm-hmm. across the court, the the shot just before you see Devin Booker's face is Giannis 
sitting in one of the baseline seats, crying, wearing the finals championship hat. And it's, it's beautiful. And the, it's just that moment where you can see ultimate glory, ultimate glory and unbridled joy. Mm-hmm. And then the next, the immediate next shot is Devin's Booker's face looking across the court at that, at the other team celebrating. And he's like, damn. Yeah. It's damn. the, it is the ultimate juxtaposition. It, God, it's so good. It's so good. I love basketball. <laughs> yeah. Do you know, and speaking of how good the NBA and how good basketball is right now and how we really, as, as, basketball fans just have this embarrassment of riches at our fingertips mm. right now is the bucks just pulled off this incredible playoff run. Giannis was out of this world throughout the playoffs. I know where we're going and right now. <laughs> like the bucks are not favored to repeat. No, that's how good the NBA is right now. Like we always talk or, and I say we as like a basketball collective and wine. There's no parody in the NBA. <laughs> this is parody. You got your parody. Yeah. Stop whining. Uh, this I is love this, it. They're like, plus, like, I never. The field is wide open. Next I never year. complained when there were, like, I was not one of the non parody complainers because it's like, if we, if we look at the history of basketball and we're thinking about like the dynasties that have come before and the battles between the Celtics and the Lakers or the Bulls and the Pistons or like, and then more recently, you'd think about the Cavs and the Warriors or LeBron and the Warriors, right? Mm-hmm. Those are, maybe they're annoying to you as a basketball fan right now, 20 years from now, it's all you're going to think about. And they're so that's necessary just as the years in between them with parody are necessary. Basketball is cyclical, man. This, this time was coming. It's here. We're going to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's so good. <laughs> I'm, and- I was like very tired when we started this call and I'm like jacked up on Let's basketball go. adrenaline. <laughs> Who needs pre-workout when all, when you have NBA talk, <laughs> yeah. you know, what's Here's another thing. So you've got Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday, Devin Booker. They're on the flight to Tokyo. That's it's insane. Be an awkward flight, man. Especially uh, between Drew and and Booker because Booker not good in Game Six. Meanwhile, and Drew kind of locked him up a bit. I, I was talking about this uh, with my boyfriend right after the game is that often forgotten over the last few days, Jordan Nuara from the, from the Milwaukee Bucks, he, he's an NBA champion and he's about to go feature on the Nigerian national basketball team. And I love it. They're, they're already like the feel good team of the Olympics right now. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're fun. They feature your boy, Mia Yoni, your boy, whoever's boy he is. I don't really care. Yeah. <laughs> and I just hope he can get through a game without fouling. Yeah. <laughs> it's, and I just think that's great. Jordan Noir. I, I hope, I hope he's on the same plane and that like, it's very awkward for the other guys in Devin Booker and Jordan Noir is like, uh, I'm an NBA champion. I'm on the Nigerian national basketball team. Everything is great. <laughs> I love it. That said, we're gonna, this is in the business, what they call a transition. What are we doing today, Greg? This is a Utah jazz podcast. <laughs> we're going to talk a little, uh, 
little Utah Jazz. It is off season. You know, the Jazz made a big splash right after the uh, right after they got bounced. They announced Justin Zanuck is taken over, and Dennis Lindsay is on his way out. He's you know basically a consultant now, I guess. Which he's getting paid by the Jazz, but he's not working. Yeah, I'm sure they might like ask him a question or two, but like, nah, that dude is sipping sweet tea in Houston. And on that front, you know, there was a lot of talk right after that move was made about who might come into the front office. I think there are still moves to be made, mm-hmm. but it has been, whoa. A couple of weeks now. Oh, that was a crazy noise. Did you hear that noise? I did not hear that noise. There was like a, <laughs> there, there was like a, like an intense movie, like drum beat, like, we're, we're like a Christopher to... Nolan, like, yeah, in my, in my headphones. <laughs> and I was like, oh, we're really setting the, setting the scene here. <laughs> All right. Theatrics. There was a lot of rumblings, like who might come into the jazz's front office. And it was right when it happened. So there's like a lot of, I don't know, anticipation and nerves, etc. As far as I know, it's kind of been all quiet on the Western front. Yeah, it, it's been real quiet. It kind of has me, I mean, not nervous, just curious. It has me What's curious. going on? Because yeah. I was told that, you know, this was the first domino to fall and that there were going to be plenty more dominoes. And I understand, like, offseason just started, but give me something, man. I th- I thought that we might hear it. I mean, at least by now, because we've got the draft in a week. That's true. And then free agency in what, 12 days or it, less than two weeks. And so I thought before, before we got to this point that someone would be in position. I don't know. Maybe we were all wrong. You know, maybe they just gave Justin the job and they're working with the people that they have. <laughs> I mean, what would be more apropos of the Utah Jazz than running it back? that's what that's what they do yeah i'm fearful about that yeah you know and speaking of which there have been a few trade rumors there was Mm -hmm. one that kind of made uh made the headlines matt moore you know him as a hardwood paroxysm on on twitter he's also of the action sports network he wrote a column saying that the jazz have uh, been circling a little bit in the trade rumors and that they are anxious to move Derek Favors, which good. (laughs) Um, And both Joe Ingles and Boyan Bogdanovich have been rumored as well. Sarah, do you have any intel on this? Do you know anything about this? Is this news to you? A couple of things here. Uh, First of all, this isn't news to me, but also, how can I say this just without sounding like an no, you can sound like a That's true. It's my podcast. Basketball executives are not dummies, right? Yeah. If, if we're talking on the unsalvageable podcast about the fact that Derek Favors contract has to be moved, there's, it's not going to be like news. I, I don't think that it's like crazy news that the jazz are like, man, we got to get off this contract. Yeah. I'm sure if we had Daryl Morey on and he was being like, super honest with us he would be like yeah yeah we've heard that for quite a while now yeah <laughs> like and, and the same thing with joe Ingles. i mean he's 
33, 34. Mm -hmm. He's on an expiring contract. I was kind of surprised that he didn't get moved last year before the trade deadline. And so the fact that he's available to be traded or that's something that's being rumored is zero percent. It's zero percent surprising to me. The surprising part is hearing Boyan's name. I think there definitely is credence to these rumors, but it's not like I don't. I don't think that these rumors come from a place where it's like, oh, they're they're gonna make a move. They're gonna trade Boyan. They're gonna trade mm-hmm. Joe. I don't think that it's anything like that. I think it's they're open to conversations, and these yeah. are players that they're definitely open to talking about. And I I think that. Boyan would be a player that they might be open to moving only for the right price. Yeah, I think I mean I'm no I'm no GM, but it seems to me that Boyan would be part of a larger package. Hell yeah. 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 Like you're gonna like because that's a guy still with a lot of trade value who was very good this season. It was good in the playoffs and like can help net you a better player like if you were to package Boyan and and joe ingles and expiring contract and i don't know some cash considerations or a draft pick or two like you could net yourself a good return that's i, I mean that'd be a great return i think yeah and that's the thing is like if but i mean Boyan's the space that he provides the spacing that he provides and uh, what we saw out of what he's able to do in the post, what we saw that he's able to do on the defensive end against a bigger player. Mm-hmm. There's so much value there that I think dangling Boyan might actually be a little bit of a tactic to see kind of what's out there. Yeah. And then maybe savvy move. Yeah. And then maybe you package Joe with the 30th pick and some cash or you know, I mean, there, there are, there are things that can be done. Mm-hmm. And, and like I said, like Joe's an expiring contract. So there are teams that'll take that one. Mm-hmm. And I will say just to follow up with that, that article from Matt Moore is that he did say that there is a pretty high likelihood that the jazz actually stay put and run it back. So, I mean, it's, it's rumor season, baby. Yeah. And I mean, just personally, I don't see how you can look at what the Jazz did in the playoffs this last year. Injuries, whatever, regardless. Even with a healthy roster, this team still had some pretty glaring weaknesses and deficiencies. And I don't think you can look at that objectively and think that this roster doesn't need upgrading. Yeah, and I think, you know, there's a difference between like running it back or like running it into the ground. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's exactly what you're saying. I, the core is good. The the main pieces are good. They're really good. You got you got all stars. You had three all stars this season. You had the sixth man of the year. It seems to me like it's kind of like putting together a puzzle, and you have the majority of the pieces there. You just yeah. need to find a few other ones that fit. Yeah. And and, and complement. And then and so it makes me wonder a little bit. Like, Matt Moore's story or maybe some of the other stories that we've seen it makes me think like I wonder who the source is for that story and what the language that the source actually used when they were speaking mm-hmm. to the reporter because I wonder if the reporter said like for the most part you know we're planning on running it back because that is a huge distinction for the most part sure yeah but like there could be some critical moves to be made to make the team better yeah and, and that's, um, I hope that they do that that's what I, I do hope. too yeah 
It would be a bold move. This has been a very conservative organization throughout the years. You know, and it seems like we joke a lot, but it always seems like the Jazz are, oh, they're one guy away. Even going back to the, like the Dominique Wilkins days, if only they were able to keep Dominique Wilkins on that team. Yeah. And Stockton and Malone and those guys win a title, which, yeah, they probably do, but that didn't happen. So um, I think it would also be a, you know, a ballsy move and, and a way for the new ownership to kind of, put themselves out there and kind of plant their flag in the ground and be like, yeah, this is, this is our team. We're taking it in a new direction. And the, uh, the old guard is dead. You know what? I actually, I'd like to push back on that because I think it's, it is important to be critical when critic, when criticism is needed. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that it would be a bold move to make fringe moves that's kind of just necessary. That's what the jazz need to do. Sure. Sure. And but so again, like, if, it'd be, but if, I'm, if you're thinking about like the jazz historically would be bold in comparison, I understand that. Yeah. But what I'm saying is like, if they were to do nothing, it would, it would be more cowardly than anything. Agreed. Yeah. No, we're on the, we're on the same page. Like there. if you, if you just do nothing, if you're bringing back, George Niang and Mayoni and Trent Forrest and Joe Ingles and Derek Favors, and you make no move at all. What what was the point? Like what what was the defeat to the Clippers even worth at that point then? Yeah. No, you and I are on the exact same page here. Yeah. I just want to make sure that like they don't get a pass for just doing the most basic thing they need to do. No, no, no. Like if we want to get give credit for doing the bare minimum, we'll, you know, join the Biden campaign. Uh, oh, uh, real quick, quick plug. You guys should listen to Greg's other podcast, Bring Him Young Money. <laughs> Thank you there, so much. There we go. There we go. That's, that's branding, baby. <laughs> <laughs> uh, real quick, I'm just going to run through bullet point. Like these are the things mm -hmm. that we've talked about a bunch. These are the things that we need to do. And with those in mind, let's talk some free agent targets. Mm -hmm. The Jazz need to re-sign Mike Conley. Yeah. Number one thing in the off season, he's your it's, first call. It is incredible. How many people are still arguing with me about this on Twitter? They don't have that money is not money. They can spend elsewhere. It's only free money if they use it on Mike Conley. And so they have to use it. Uh, people and he's are like really good. He's, he's and he made, he made Donovan Mitchell so much better. And he mm -hmm. made Rudy Gobert so much better. Yeah. And a big reason why you didn't make it to the Western Conference Finals is because he couldn't play. Yes. That's not to say that there weren't other deficiencies on the on the roster, but that played probably the biggest factor. Yeah, it was huge. So you need Mike Conley back. Mm -hmm. you, ha you have to add versatility to the roster. You need a small ball five. You need athletic wing defenders. Yeah. I mean. Just one. Just get one more. Yeah. Even one more guy, one more PJ Tucker type guy. Take Royce O'Neal's advice. Get one more guy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, you you gave Royce the contract. You've invested in him. Now it's time to listen to that investment. You want the best version of Royce. You want the complete ROI. You got to help him a little bit. You got to, yeah, you got to help him. Like, you can't leave him out there to drown by himself. 
Yeah, I mean, the man should not have to go from guarding Giannis one night to Brandon Ingram the next to Trey Young the next. And then that LeBron. Is, and then and then LeBron. Like, murderer's row. And, like, I really caps off to him. I thought Royce had a good season. You can go and read our, our letter grade. Yep. Super proud. I thought he exceeded expectations, but he's only one dude. Yeah. You know, that feeds into what we're talking about. Like, they need to be more athletic. They need to be younger. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got a lot of aging dudes on this roster and that includes Mike Conley. And so if you're keeping him, which you absolutely should, and you must, then maybe you, you cut some age in some other areas. It'd be really nice to have uh, a backup, backup point guard. Mm-hmm. Uh, like a legitimate backup point guard. I right. thought Joe Ingles was good throughout the regular season that that works for like when you're going up against the team for one game it does not work when you're going up against the team in a playoff series you can it's never worked for the jazz yeah you can scheme joe ingles out of a game out of a series he was non-existent for big parts of the playoffs and the and finally the jazz need to draft someone good or use that draft pick to package for something better. Mm-hmm. So there we are. That's, that's the goals. That's what the jazz need to do. And with that, Greg, you want to run through, through some, um, some free agents that might, might could be good targets for the jazz. Yeah. So number one on my list, once if I'm Justin Zanuck and after I hang up the phone after re-signing Mike Conley, I get quickly back on the phone and I call up Rudy Gobert's good friend, Nicholas Batum. I call Rudy Gobert and I say, hey, you wait on the line, okay? And then I call Nick Batum and I'm like, hey, hold on. I'm going to I'm gonna put this three-way call. And people doing that still? You can just do a conference call. Never mind. Yeah. They've got the phones to do it. Beep, pop, boop, pop. Yeah, beep, boop, 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 beep, boop. And then... You know, I'm Justin Zanuck. I'm on the phone with Rudy Gobert. I'm on the phone with Nicholas Batum. And I'm like, hey, you guys, I know that you guys were having a great time in Tokyo. Actually, they're probably still in Tokyo. Never mind. It's going to be easy. They're both in Tokyo. You know what? They're they're roommates <laughs> on their cardboard beds. <laughs> they're roommates. And we call them on the hotel phone. <laughs> in the Olympic Village, somehow Justin Zanuck has that number. Uh, and on speakerphone, I'm like, Rudy, he's Hello, such- it is Rudy. <laughs> um, this is me with Nicholas. That's and, my Rudy Gobert. Yeah, <laughs> and not nearly. I, I miss Victor. I'll just say it. And so Nick and Rudy, they're like besties. They, you know, Nick has been a mentor to Rudy. They're incredibly close. They're bonding even more because their time on the French national team in the Olympic Olympics again. And you convince Nicholas Batum that he needs to take a small amount of money and come help the Jazz win a title. Taxpayer mid-level. Yeah. Yeah. Do it. He would be awesome. He's like exactly the type of like small ball five that like you need on this team. I think that you you fill a lot of voids for a small amount of money if you can convince Nicholas Batum to come on board. Mm-hmm. And that is not a long-term solution either. Uh, that you need to, the rest of the jazz's brass needs to be thinking long-term about what's going to happen because Batum is aging also. That's not a way for the jazz to get younger. Certainly isn't. Right. 
and he might not do get... it. Yeah. He might not do it. He might be like, you know what? We almost did it without Kawhi in Los Angeles. We were almost, we were almost we made it to the Western Conference Finals without Kawhi. It's a real hard uphill battle to convince a guy to go from LA to Salt Lake City. It's very it's and it is made more difficult by the fact that they beat the Jazz. Yes. To get to the Western Conference Finals and that at some point probably before the playoffs next year Kawhi is going to come back. Mhm. That is, it's a difficult argument to make, but there is an argument to me made. And I think that Rudy Gobert is incredibly valuable in that argument. Agreed. Yeah. He would be my, my, my second call. My third call would be to fellow Australian, good friend of Joe Ingalls. I know you might move him, but you know, could still use him for some luring. And I call Patty Mills from the San Antonio Spurs. I think he's exactly the type of, I know, again, he's not young, but he's versatile and he is one of the better backup point guards in the league. And this is a man with championship experience and a guy who could come in and like learn the system. Quinn Snyder's a pop guy. You can't tell me there aren't a whole lot of parallels to the, how the jazz and the Spurs play. Sure. Make the call, you know, but I just, I have way more doubts about luring Patty Mills than I do a lot of these other players Mm -hmm. because I very simply think that Patty will agree to not play if it means finishing in San Antonio. Yeah. And I agree with you again. This is kind of just a list of, you know, yeah. Potential targets guy. It's really like, this is my list of guys I'd like to see in a jazz uniform. That's great too. It's great to do the list this way where it's like, these are guys that would be great. And then I'll come in and shoot your dreams down. (laughs) Another guy this time last year, I didn't even think he was an NBA player, but he showed so much, especially for the Suns throughout the playoffs. And that's campaign. He's Uh, good. He'd be awesome as a backup point guard. I doubt he comes. I, you know, I, I don't see if your campaign, if you look at what you just did and be like, you know, the sun's come calling like, Hey, we're going to run it back. I don't see how you don't say, okay. But again, it's my list. First of all, yes. Uh, campaign has impressed me so much. It is shocking to me that he's 26 and that he's been in the league since 2015. I, I feel like I blocked it all out. He's so good. He and was he's, awesome. He's so much more versatile than he gets credit for and just willing to do like little stuff. And I love that kind of a player. And yeah, if you could get him on a minimum, that would be absolutely excellent. Think of the dancing you would get between him and Jordan Clarkson. For some reason thought that he was on a multi-year deal with the Suns, but yeah. It's free agent. It's free agent. And so, I mean, you could if you could get him on a minimum, there's no way that I say no to that. If you can get on a minimum, he has to agree to it. And I think that he would already agree to a minimum deal with the Suns. And I think that they might be willing to offer him a little bit more than that. And Mm -hmm. I really do think that they're going to want to run it back. The Suns are truly going to want to run it back, not run it back for the most part. I think that they're going to want every single piece and they're going to want to it. Yeah, absolutely. As they should. And so if he decides to stay with the Suns, it wouldn't surprise me at all. But if you can get him on a minimum, absolutely. You go after campaign. Yeah. 
think the, he would be awesome. Another the, guy. The, mar- the market though might not be that low for campaign. I and I agree. Again, I think the campaign is a a very long shot, but he would be awesome. Right. A guy that I think is attainable has Utah Jazz tenure. How about how will Neto? The guy knows the system. He's played with these guys before. He's a solid backup point guard. He can run an offense. He can hit some shots. He can defend. I think Neto would be great. And he's just so handsome. <laughs> I don't see. I don't see a problem with bringing Howell back. I absolutely. Why not? You can definitely yeah. get him over on the minimum. Mm-hmm. What's What's he want to do? Stay with the Wizards? Yeah. To get dunked on by. Russell Westbrook in practice. Right? <laughs> There's music playing. What is happening? Do you have another like okay? I've got window an, open or yeah, something. Yeah, I got. I had an old ESPN tab open. All right, I, that's probably. I've done that the, before in meetings on on Zoom meetings, and all of a sudden, like an ad will be playing in the that's middle. That's what of, happened. I think maybe uh, that's where the drum noise came from earlier. Bah. Bah. I was like, yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, a few more guys, lightning rounds. Again, I think the Suns will probably run it back, but someone like Tory Craig, if you want that defensive versatility, I think he'd be awesome. A guy like Mo Harkless, you know, that. I was just talking about him the other day with someone, and I said, would, would you take Mo Harkless if you could get him on a minimum? I think that's a good, I think that's a good way to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, a stretch big. I know he's been, he has a history of injuries, but it might be worth taking a flyer on him is Zach Collins. Mm-hmm. Especially because I... I think, you know, if, if all the rumors are true and there seems to be a lot of rumors circling around Portland that they're about to drop a bomb mm-hmm. and blow that up, he might be available and he might be available on the cheap and he might be looking to kind of jettison from, from Portland. A couple and... of guys. I'll oh, say ahead. just real quick on Zach Collins, as well as a couple of other guys that you mentioned, but Zach Collins in particular, he'll play dirty and ugly for you. Mm-hmm. I like yeah. Zach Collins a lot. I do too. I think he'd be awesome as a backup five. Yeah. And I think he's the type of guy jazz fans would love. I do too. Let's see. Another guy who came to mind, guy who can hit some shots, play decent defense, Reggie Bullock. Again, just a versatile athletic wing guy. Um, and then a, a few others. I think this guy is probably the least likely, but I think that Bobby Portis would be awesome on the jazz. We have, you know, our, our Slack channel. And I kept talking about how much throughout the playoffs about how perfect he would be. He just won a championship in Milwaukee. I don't think that he's going to leave. Yeah. He's got a player option for next year. And so I think that after the, after the title, I think that that's pretty much yeah. locked up. But God, he'd be so good. Give me crazy eyes in Utah. Um, And then a couple other guys, I think, who actually could be kind of attainable. um, And that's Otto Porter Jr., who apparently there has been mutual interest between him and the Jazz in the past. There has. Maybe that's a guy you bring in on a a minimum. Um, And Kelly Olenek. We already know the guy can play dirty. Yeah. He can hit some shots and he can be a good backup backup five i am not a huge kelly olenic fan but i am putting all biases aside and i am thinking for the team and he would certainly fill a necessary role he would be a much better version of george niang 
Oh, he'd be, yeah, he would. He'd be, he's a better player. He could fill that role and he could, you know, he would take minutes away from Derek Favors too and would probably be a better player than Favors is right now. I, and that's, that's a little bit of the hard part with some of these players is if you, if you want to bring on someone like an Olenek or a Portis or, you know, almost any of these, it's like, you have to, you have to get rid of Derek at that point. You have to. It has to happen quick, man. Yeah. And I don't know how you do that. Cause doesn't he have like three more years on his deal too? My question is, and this hurts to say is, is Derek favors in the league by the time his contract is up? It's, it's, it's hard to say. He's got, he's got two more years on the deal. If you include his player option year, which is 2022, 23. Okay. So it's not horrible. It's only two years. Right. And there's, I'll just say player option for $10 million. Derek favors is not, not taking that where no matter where he is. Yeah. He's at, at, and as he should, he right. earned, he earned that money. Yes, he did. But I just hope he gets it somewhere else. If you get stuck with him and you can't play him, which I think is the situation with the jazz right now, even if it happens next year, or the a year after, I think you have to just like stretch the contract and wave him. you know? Yeah. I think you got to eat that money. Yeah. Pay it out over a couple of years, stretch it out so that you can have a little bit more room to play. But I, the, honestly, the worst part of it is, is that you need the roster spot. Yeah. You got to turn Derek Favors into Bobby Bonilla. <laughs> years ago, Bobby Bonilla signed this incredible deal where he gets paid like a million something dollars every year for, I don't know, it's been a few decades now. He's still collecting that money. And he hasn't been a professional baseball player in decades either, but he still gets paid. I think it's like $1.5 million a year from the Mets. God, that's, it's so smart. The dream, the dream. It's so smart. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I think that's kind of a bummer place to leave it. You know what though? No, because what we're doing is that we're building a championship roster. Yeah, and we I, we saw the tweet last night from Donovan Mitchell that said Utah Jazz fans be patient. Right. Your your team that's almost there. Think of the struggles, the heartache, the tribulations and the trials. The bulldozer blunders. That's what I'm talking about. Years. We've seen Giannis fail in the playoffs over and over. We've seen Bud take multiple teams into the playoffs and fall flat on his face. The failures leave scars and the scars build to something. And that's the jazz are in that scarring phase. Yeah. And what we just did on this podcast was a way to turn those scars into rings. Hell yeah. One, one ring to rule them all. Yes. You are close jazz fans. Yeah. You know, it's like if you've ever, if you've ever climbed the Pfeiffer horn here in Salt Lake city, it's a very famous peak. It's one of the 11,000 foot peaks. We're talking about things I don't understand again. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> this is, this is me being a hiking nerd. Yeah. And there is a false summit on that hike. Mm -hmm. A lot of people think is the actual summit. No, 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 no. You have to go further and you have to go higher. And the Jazz are at that fake summit right now. Mm, love it. Further, higher. And they do it by crossing off 
everything on our checklist. Well, you know what? It sounds like we're really good podcasters is what it sounds like. I mean, naturally. Yeah. That's going to do it for us tonight. Thank you all for listening to clearly the number one Utah Jazz podcast. Number one Utah Jazz podcast of all time. Victor, I miss you. I'm so excited about (laughs) new Jazz season. I have been in Bulgaria for last six weeks, recovering in hospital. I am now bright-eyed, (laughs) bushy-tailed. I have newfound life. I watch Giannis, number one basketball player, win championship, and I want the same joy he had. I want Jonathan Mitchell to buy 50-piece Chick-fil-A nuggets. Oh, Victor, you're such a joy. I'm so excited for 2021-2022 season tipping off right before Halloween. Number one (laughs) holiday. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Wow, what a surprise to have Victor come on right at the end. If you want more of this, you got to do all the things for us. You got to rate, review, subscribe, download, send us some love. We love a five-star review. Send us an email, unsalvageablepod at gmail.com. Send us your questions, comments there. Follow us on Twitter, the show at Unsalvageables. Follow Greg at DadShamDad and follow me at NBA Sarah. Once again, can't wait to talk to you guys next time. Why am I saying next time like five different times? Once again, I had so much fun this week, and we can't wait to talk to you next time. Hugs and kisses. Bye. Victor, thank you so much for coming. I'm so excited about having you to jazz. I learned coping skills and go to therapeutics. (laughs) Bright-eyed and (laughs) bushy-tailed. Bright-eyed, bushy-tailed. Beautiful. (laughs) That's amazing. By the way, um, you asked last time we recorded about the champagne. Yes. Oh, App- wait, apparently- beep, wait, hold on, hold on. Beep, 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 update. No. Yeah, well, apparently it was just a random Tuesday night glass of champagne. Oh my God. The mystery champagne was just because you guys love each other. I guess. I'm yeah. Dis- I'm disgusted. Podcast it's over. Gross. It's done. <laughs> Ah, uh, that's beautiful. She just- yeah, it was. I can't. I, that has never happened before <laughs> in like the history of my life. Like I've drank champagne, of course, right? But like, never have I been like in the middle of just uh, an afternoon, and yeah. just Lynn brings you a nice glass of champagne. I have never had afternoon champagne <laughs> in my life. I am not a fancy man. No. You know me well enough about that. <laughs> I'm not a fancy man. I wouldn't necessarily say that I'm like gritty salt of the earth kind of guy. You know, I work a fucking desk job, but I'm not fancy. That's beautiful. Yeah, it was wonderful. It's delicious too. Uh, I don't know what kind of was, but it's good. Uh,